like to be part of both of the teams. I was on the Patriots with Tom. I was on the Lakers with Kobe. Like, come on. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Out of Character with me, Ryan Satin. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's show with Drew McIntyre. But as always, we've got another awesome guest this week. We've got former SmackDown Women's Champion, 2017 Money in the Bank winner, and two-time 24-7 champion, the most beautiful woman in all of WWE, <laughs> Carmella. Carmella, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. That's a hell of an introduction. Well, well <laughs> you've got a lot of uh, accolades to your name, so I figured I should I should mention them all. You missed a few. I mean, I, I did win the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Um, I did pin Charlotte Flair twice. I did beat Asuka twice, but I mean... Who's counting? Exactly. Who's who's counting? Exactly. Uh, well, these are the ones that, you know, I feel like these are the, the most <laughs> prominent. But yes, obviously, you did all of, sure. all of those things as well. Uh, I like to start off all my interviews asking a question about you, the person. So how much of your real true self would you say there is in the Carmella character? Ooh, man, that's a great question. I feel like there's a lot of me in there. It's kind of like the me that I keep buried deep down inside that I don't show every single day in my real life. Um, but there's a lot of things that are in there that are me, for sure. Do you enjoy getting to access that part where that you know the part that you don't show everybody in your real life and kind of get to, getting to go wild on camera? Oh my God, yes. Especially being Carmela so, oh, so over the top. So there's sometimes, you know, there'll be like an instance where I really want to tell someone off or something and I just keep it in, channel it, and then I use that. Are you a fairly nice person, not confrontational at all in your real life? Yeah, I'm, I don't like confrontation. I hate it. I just want everything to be copacetic i need everything to be everyone to be good i don't like i don't like conflict at all that's funny to hear a pro which i know is very ironic <laughs> yeah. because carmella in character is all about the drama all about the conflict but uh it's like to me the best compliment when i meet someone that um has only seen me on tv and like oh my god you're so nice in person <laughs> I, I was like thank you <laughs> i feel the exact same way when i meet someone in person and they're like you know you're a lot better and nicer than you seem on social media. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Yeah, or social media, yes. Everyone, I always get that. I get that I'm such a, I don't know if I can swear, but like the word. I always get that people are going to think that um, from my social media. And I'm like, I can't believe that's the image I portray on social media, but okay, I'll take it. Because, you know, social media is not real life. And I always preach that. So I think it's fun to kind of play into a character and play things up on social media. And then in real life, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do me. It's crazy that you say that because I don't get that vibe from you on social media at all. If anything, when I see you on social media, you seem just like a real person. You, you know, you've got real things okay, you're that doing. that makes me feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you've got a cute dog. Because, well, you know, I can be a little cocky sometimes, but, you know, what's wrong with being confident? I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Why do you think it is that people are turned off by confidence on social media? Because I feel like that is a thing. People are afraid to, you know, embrace who they really are. And I think people are intimidated by someone who knows who they are. And I, I know who I am. I'm not apologizing for who I am. This is me. Um, and I don't need you to like me because I like me. <laughs> uh, well, you know, when I was prepping for this interview, I saw some stuff about your childhood that I want to kind of talk about. And for me, it's something that I find super interesting. And that's the fact that your dad was a pro wrestler, but not like a full-time pro wrestler, which is what I find so interesting about this. You know, when I was looking at it, it seemed like he only wrestled locally when 
was in town. So what are some of your earliest memories of pro wrestling? Well, I guess you could say, you know, the, the term people don't like to use, he was a jobber. That's what he did. Um, and he has no problem with that. He like fully embraces that term. He's like, yeah, that is what I did. Um, but I mean, look at him. He's so cool. Like the fact that, you know, in third grade, I would bring magazines to school and I'm like, this is my dad. He's the one getting pinned, but no one cared. Everyone's like, oh my God, your dad's in a magazine. Your dad's on Monday Night Raw. Um, but you know, he, it's such a cool thing. You know, I, I thought it was um, just so exciting, you know, to watch my dad on TV as a kid. It was just, I didn't know anyone whose dad was on TV. Uh, you know, he's wrestling Big Boss Man, Razor Ramon, you name it. My dad was in the ring with so many big names from the 90s. And I think that's just, it's it's a really cool bond that we have and we share that now. Yeah, absolutely. If you look at some of the, the names he wrestled, like you said, there's also Papa Shango, Mr. Perfect, yes. Diesel and Shawn Michaels. Like, that's so yeah. cool that your dad did that and was around such a huge part of the industry back then. That's, to me, I find that very and cool. that's when, you know, it was at its peak, you know, it was like, Everyone in school had, you know, NWO shirt. Everyone, everyone was just like, it was, it was so cool at that time. And for my dad to have been involved in the business at that time, it's so cool. Did he wrestle on the indies too, or was it strictly just jobber when they were in town? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what he did. Um, I don't think he ever really did. I mean, he might have, because I think at one point his his name was like the Great Santini. <laughs> that as his moniker um but yeah he trained with killer kowalski in 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 new england and um as far as i knew it, that's all he did but he did a lot of boxing as well i remember being in a lot of his boxing matches as a kid and my mom has videos of me like my dad's getting his like face is bleeding and i'm like go daddy go go daddy go like i just thought it was so cool and i think um you know my dad always wanted sons but he ended up getting a wrestler and me and my sister's a boxer so you know he had two daughters that ended up following in his footsteps that's so cool what your sister's a boxer too yeah she's a nurse and but she also is a boxer that's awesome. I think that's so cool that both yeah. of you guys followed his footsteps like that. Uh, my dad is a TV producer and similarly, you know, just being on set all the time and like watching him make TV and make entertainment for people made me want to follow in his footsteps as well. So I think it's so rad that you that you ended up doing that. I mean, he must be so proud when he gets to go backstage and just see everything that you're doing there. He's so proud. And you know, one of my favorite, favorite moments of all time is when I won uh, the title in New Orleans and I cashed in my, the Money in the Bank contract, my parents were there and I, they didn't know that that was going to happen. And um, I mean, I barely knew it was going to happen. It was crazy. It was, was such a crazy day. And, um, you know, they ended up having um, a camera on my parents as it was happening and they didn't even know they were being filmed. And I'm going to get emotional just thinking about it. but watching the footage back, my dad, you know, like you can see them one, two, three, my parents are so excited. And my dad's going around telling everyone, hey, that's my daughter. That's my, like tapping everyone. That's Carmela's my daughter. It's just, oh, it kills me. And it's just to see like the pride and he didn't even know a camera was on him. It was just so genuine. Um, it was just the best moment. That's so cool. I, I love that so much. Did you guys watch wrestling together back in the day too? Like when he wasn't wrestling? Yeah, we did. Um, he worked overnight, so we would always have to film um, like or on a VCR. People nowadays don't know the struggle having to tape uh, Monday Night Raw, and then we'd watch it when he'd get home from work the next day. 
But um, yeah, I always watch it growing up and um, it was never anything, I'm not gonna lie, that I thought I would do. I never thought I would get into this. But growing up watching it, I idolized Miss Elizabeth. I thought she was just so classy and elegant and she just looked so fabulous. Um, so I always thought she was just the best. Well then, when did cheerleading enter your life? Cause that's something that you did for a while before wrestling. So how did that all start? So I danced my whole life. I started dancing when I was three. And then when I graduated um, high school, I was like, what am I gonna do? I really just wanted to move to LA and just get into the dance industry. And my mom was like, no, you have to go to college. So I ended up going to school. And while I was um, going to UMass, I was like, should I join like the dance team or the cheer team or something? I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna try out for the New England Patriots. And I just on a whim went, tried out and I ended up making it and did that while I was in college. So it was a great little part-time job. And I really, really um, use that to my full ability of getting out of class all the time. <laughs> like, oh, actually, I'm going to be at the Super Bowl this weekend, so I can't make my test. <laughs> That's such a good excuse to be able to have in I college. I mean, come on. And it's like in, in Boston, the New England Patriots are like royalty. So every single professor is like, oh, my gosh, yeah, no problem. Take all the time you need. I'm like, I think I'm going to need a month. <laughs> <laughs> What's the process like for becoming a Patriots cheerleader? It's to me, I mean, I'm so removed from that world. It seems like it would be a whole thing. Like it'd be very hard. Yeah. I mean, I honestly had no idea what to expect. I just showed up and um, it was a, a whole day's worth. There were, I don't know, five, 600 people Damn. that showed up. And then you kind of just keep trying, like there's cuts throughout the day. And then at the end of the day, there's like a two week camp and you have to go and do interviews and show if you can speak well and there's a bikini thing like there's just all of like a whole two-week process and then you make it to the finals and then yeah I mean when I moved on to do the Lakers that was a much more rigorous tryout compared to the New England Patriots but um yeah I mean it's nothing like trying out for WWE that's for sure <laughs> yeah it, it, it sounds like you like your tryouts just kept getting harder as your career went on Progressed, yeah, they progressed for sure. Well, before we get to the Laker girls, because I, I do want to talk about being a Laker girl for a sec. Um, did you have any interactions, though, with like Tom Brady or any other big players while you were on the Patriots or part of the Patriots? Yeah. So the owner of the Patriots, he had um, it was like his 50th wedding anniversary and they had it in the middle of the field at Gillette Stadium. And there were like six or seven of us cheerleaders there that had to like dress up in like little cocktail dresses and welcome everyone coming to the, the big tent. By the way, Elton John was performing, no big deal. Like it was just, it was just wild. Anyone who was anyone was at this party. And so I was stuck at the door like greeting him, welcome to the party. And um, Tom and Giselle, I, I saw them from so far away and I was freaking out more so over Giselle than Tom, but obviously Tom Brady's royalty in, in Boston or not anymore, but he was. <laughs> and seeing them, I was just like, oh my gosh, like, how are you? And she's like, I'm good. How are you? Like their little accent. And she was, they were just so sweet and so nice. And I mean, every interaction I ever had with Tom Brady, he was just a class act. What about Gronk? Did you ever uh, see Gronk when you were there? Um... I'm pretty sure he was there when I was there. Yeah, he's just, he's wild. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, what you would expect. Well, what about the Laker girls? So, you know, as an LA kid, to me, the Laker girls are iconic. So uh, what's the most memorable thing that happened to you while you were a Laker girl? Oh my gosh. Okay, so this is a really embarrassing story. Um, so when we 
first started, you have to film like a Laker girl profile that they show during the game. Like, hi, I'm so-and-so, and this is my favorite movie, and this is what I like to eat. And so they play it during the games. And my favorite, I talked about my favorite actor being Will Ferrell. And because I just, I love him. I just think he's hilarious. Step Brothers is like one of my favorite movies ever. And um, I'll never forget, Will Ferrell was sitting courtside, right? Like, so basically, like, say this is where Will Ferrell is sitting. I'm on the floor right in front of him. Like, my back is on his knee. He's right there. So I was freaking. I was like, oh, my God, I really hope they play my profile because he's here. He needs to know this. And, of course, they didn't. So I was like, well, I'm going to say hi to him. We're not really allowed to interact with people sitting ringside, (laughs) sitting courtside. And so we, we do like all these costume changes every game. So after one of the costume changes, we made our way back to where we're sitting on the court. And I was like, I'm going to say hi to him. I'm going to say hi to him. (laughs) I'm walking by. I'm like, Oh my God, Will, I'm such a big fan. And as I said that I tripped over one of the big, um, camera cords and I fell and he's like, look, he's like trying to help me up. And I'm like, this is so embarrassing. My one little chance to tell him that I I was a huge fan, that I loved him, and I fell. And I'm like, typical me. Like, I'm just such a klutz. It was so embarrassing. And he's like, I'm sorry, where are you? I was like, I got nothing. It's fine. I was so embarrassed. (laughs) That's definitely embarrassing. If it makes you feel any better, my only courtside experience was also embarrassing. I got to sit courtside once because my friend has season tickets there. And we went to that lounge that's like downstairs for the courtside people where they have food and stuff. And when we were walking in, I saw all this food and I got so excited because it's free food. I'm like, awesome. So I said to my friend who has courtside seats, I said, hey, man, like, can you take this back out onto the court? And he was like, yeah, no problem. But I don't think he was listening to me. So I went crazy and just got like everything. (laughs) I just poured everything (laughs) on my plate. And I had this like huge stack like it was Thanksgiving. And I'm like walking back out towards the court and security had to stop me and be like, sir you can't take that on the court. And I, ha- and I was like, wait, but they just, and they're like, no, 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 you can't eat on the court. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. So then I had to sit there alone in the lounge, eating my giant <laughs> plate of food, trying to scarf it down so I could get back out there. Very embarrassing. So I, I mean, I respect that. I respect that. <laughs> well, I didn't want to waste all the food, you know? Uh, of course. <laughs> uh, you know, you talked about Tom Brady. Did you ever meet Kobe or any famous players while you were a Laker girl? Yeah, I mean, it- Kobe's was iconic you know it was just really cool to be a part of the team like to be part of both of the teams I was on the Patriots with Tom I was on the Lakers with Kobe like come on you know it's it's just really cool to have those memories and to know that I was a part of the organization at such a pivotal you know time and he was awesome he was always so cool that's cool that's that's cool to hear I always like when you know famous people I wish like I that. had a better story but unfortunately I don't <laughs> well he seems like a guy who's who's like really laser focused at all times anyways so I feel yeah. like unless you're part of his circle you're not get, you're not penetrating anyways yeah. back then uh, exactly well when does the world of WWE enter your life when does that finally make its way back you know you said you never thought you'd be a wrestler growing up even though you watched it with your dad when does it finally make its way back in So actually when I was living in LA, when I was a Laker girl, I had actually submitted to be a part of Tough Enough. This was, I think, 2010. Um, So, and I ended up getting like a call back and getting back and forth in emails like, okay, we want to interview you. And, but because I was, I moved to LA to be a Laker girl, to be a dancer. And it would have, I would have had to quit the team and I was not going to do that. So I ended up not exploring that option. So there was like a little, little blip there in 2010. 
Um, and the only reason why I was, I was like, oh, you know what? This is like, my dad did it. I, I do love performing. And I thought this could be something that's a challenge for me. Um, so why not? Um, but again, it didn't work out at that time. So then I moved back home after I was done with the Lakers. I got a job at a gym, just kind of like trying to figure out what my next step was. And, um, cause I felt like I kind of did everything in dance. There was really nothing more I could do at Lakers. Patriots. I, I mean, unless I moved to Dallas, but I wasn't going to move to Texas <laughs> to be a Cowboys cheerleader. <laughs> um, so I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I had no idea what to do. And I had an agent that I was using for dance when I was in LA. And they had told me about, like I had been home for maybe about a year or two and they told me about a tryout. Um, but they didn't tell me what it was for. They just said, if you have, you have an athletic background, um, think kind of like MMA boxing. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to be an MMA fighter. That's for sure. Um, but then they told me eventually it was for WWE and I was like, oh, this would be perfect. You know, I had the little, the little blip with the tough enough in 2010. And then because of my dad's background, um, I thought, you know what, this is something that I could really excel in, but it's going to be a lot of work. And I, I just love a challenge. And, um, they had the tryout. I flew down to, uh, it was actually at FCW in Tampa and it was a two week tryout. And it started out with, I think, I don't even know, like maybe 50 girls. And they just slowly dwindled down over the two weeks. And at the end of the two weeks, they, we're like, we want to offer you a contract. They didn't offer me one yet, but they said they wanted to. So then I had to go home for a month and I was just kind of like sitting around trying to figure out like, okay, like, our, like I was so annoying, like emailing Canyon Seaman like every week, like, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? And um, ended up calling me in July. I got offered a contract and I moved down in September. So it was a month before you got offered a contract? Yeah. Yep. But again, they kind of like hinted at it at the end of the end of the two weeks. But, sti and then, but still, that's got to um, be stressful in your head. Waited. That's got to be stressful to wait yeah. for a month like that of like, we want to I hire know. you. And it's like, well, then why don't you hire me? Like, so then why don't you? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Like it was nothing official. So I was like, did I make that up in my head that they wanted to do this? Like I was so confused. And, you know, when I first found out about the trial, it was in January of 2013. <sighs> so I was just kind of like waiting to when I found out when I was going to have my tryout and I didn't have my tryout until June. Jeez. So I was waiting from January to June and I just was in the gym. I went to like the boxing gym with my dad. He's making me take back bumps in his boxing ring. That's like this little dilapidated ring with like boards sticking out of it. And he's like, I'm going to teach you a hip toss. I'm going to teach you this. And I'm like, this hurts. Like this isn't, and it's not even like a proper ring I should be doing this in. But I was in that gym like every single week we were doing it. And I was in like the gym training. I was trying to work on like my promos and cause I had no idea what to even expect for this tryout so I was like kicking my butt um and just like I said emailing Kenyon every single week I'm like sending him videos of my dad beating me up in the ring <laughs> like when's that tryout I'm ready and uh he's like probably so annoyed by me and then finally like I said the tryout came in June and then waited the month and then moved to uh Orlando in September that's so cool that your dad got involved like that he must have been so pumped when you told him that you were gonna join the family business like that oh my god yeah he he lost his mind he was so excited he's so proud of me like he right now well at one point during the pandemic he was selling cars and his business card said father of wwe superstar carmella <laughs> oh my god that's how proud he is he's he just he kills me oh that's so cool your dad sounds awesome i saw his twitter page and he he, he seems like <laughs> oh a character oh my god I was my dad doesn't understand how Twitter works. He tweets George Foreman every day. Hey, George, hope all is well. 
<laughs> like as if they go way back. Oh, he kills me. Oh, he makes me laugh so hard. Uh, so I'm always interested to hear about the creation and development of characters. So how did the creation of the Carmella character come about once you did sign with NXT? Yeah, when I first got there, I had no idea what to expect. Um, NXT was just on Hulu at that point, I think. Yep. It wasn't like a, the show that it is now by any means, like not even close. So, you know, I knew there were girls that there that had been wrestling before. They came from the independent circuit and all that. And I knew I didn't have that. Um, I knew I was willing to try and bust my butt to get there. But I figured um, the one thing I knew I could really rely on was my character. Let me just be an over the top character. So what can I start doing? And immediately I knew I wanted to do something like Italian. I grew up a big Italian family and I really wanted to kind of hone into that and just kind of like, this is my opportunity to kind of be whoever I want to be and like create something that it's just really cool and different. I believe it or not, I'm a very, very, very shy person, like painfully shy. Not so much anymore, but growing up, I was, I couldn't even order my own ice cream at Dairy Queen. I had to have my, my little sister do it. So I was like, this is my opportunity to kind of just like forget about how shy I was and just really own it. And um, I started watching a lot of like um, Mob Wives and Real Housewives of New Jersey and things like that. And I was like, I'm going to be like this over the top sort of like Carmela Soprano character. And um, that's what I did. I went and got like this faux fur jacket at the Salvation Army in, in Boston. And then um, I just started like really honing into this like mob wife character. And I like my first few promos in promo class, I was just like, I'm Leah. And uh, this is, you know, like just kind of like talking, but I had no idea what like I didn't have my name yet, nothing. I had no idea where I was even going. And then um, they're like, you gotta, you gotta figure something out. I think it was Terry Taylor who was like, you have to um, like find something, find a character you really connect with and then just be that character. And I was like, oh, okay, like cool. I can start taking inspiration. And that's when I started, like I said, watching uh, Mob Wives and stuff. So then I like wrote all these promos down. I remember showing up promo class and I was like, and it was the first promo I ever did as the Carmela character. Once I got my name, I was like, okay, now I know this is what I'm going to do. And I had this fur jacket. And I remember working with Byron Saxton on this promo. And I said, you know, I just kind of see her. She's like this Boston mob wife. And she's like part of this underground world. And Paige was a champion in NXT at the time. And he was like, and he starts like getting into this. He's like, yeah, Paige, like, Page and I always used to chew gum. I was like, Page, what is that? Like a book or something? Page? And when he said that, I was like, Yes. I was like, this is exactly what I'm picturing. So like that night I went and cut my promo and I'm sitting in my fur jacket in this chair, leopard print dress, and I'm like, Page, what is that like a book or something? Page? You think I'm scared of you? And I had like this thick Boston accent. And um it just, that was that. It was just like the rest is history. The first time I ever cut a promo in character, that was her. She was born and I just like felt it in my bones. And, you know, it's still kind of, the only thing that changed is that she had to be from Staten Island because we already had Sasha Banks being from Boston. And I remember thinking, you guys, like this is not good. Like this is not okay. I'm from Massachusetts and I'm going to pretend to be from New York. Like this is a problem. Um, but then I figured, you know, it'll make people hate me even more. So it was, I just kind of like use that. And 
it's still Carmela today. Like it's, she's changed, she's grown, she's evolved. You know, I was more the moonwalk and trash talking and now I'm more mature, but it's still the same Carmela. And I feel very, you know, fortunate that this first thing that I ever kind of came up with stuck. Had you ever been to Stan Staten Island at that point? No. <laughs> I've never been to Staten Island. Shut up. <laughs> ever. <laughs> How awful is that? You know, I have a funny story. I did um, <laughs> drop the mic a few years ago. It's a show that Method yep. Man hosts. Mm -hmm. And he is obviously from Staten Island. And like when I first saw him, he knew who I was and I was freaking out. Like Method Man knows him. He's like, oh my God, Carmel is like my girl, my Staten Island girl. Like, all, like as if we were like best friends. And he's talking to me about all these spots in Staten Island. And I'm like, oh yeah, I love that place. I didn't have the heart to tell him I'm not actually from Staten Island. <laughs> I was like, he likes me. I can't let him know that this is not like who I am. So I just totally went along with it. And like Method Man thinks I'm from Staten Island. It's like Stone Cold being a Hollywood blonde back in the day when he's got a Texas accent, you know? And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh, how did you land on the Carmela name? Is that something that you had any input on? Or was that something that they kind of assigned to you back then? Yeah, I mean, I back then you kind of just submitted a whole bunch of names that you liked. So I had a whole list and I was going through everything. My The one I wanted was Carmela. I wanted that. Like I said, I wanted to have that sort of Carmela Soprano, uh, super Italian vibe. Because I just feel like that. When you hear the name Carmela, you have an idea of what she looks like already. Um, but the only other name, so that one came back as approved. And the only other one that came off my list, again, I had this list, pages. And uh, the only other one, the other option was Paxton. So my name was either going to be Carmela or Paxton. Paxton isn't as good as Carmela. Carmela has a better ring to it. Paxton sure. was a road I grew up on as a kid. I don't even know why I submitted that, <laughs> but I'm so glad I didn't end up picking that because to me, it's, Carmela is, it's, she's me. I am Carmela. Yeah, it's simple. It's sophisticated. It, it works. I, I, I'm a fan of it as well. Uh, when you had your first few matches in NXT, where would you say your confidence level was at the time? through the roof honey like <laughs> I was so confident because I was like you know what I'm I'm gonna fake it till I make it I have no idea what I'm doing as far as like the moves um because so um I didn't actually end up getting into the ring until like January of 2014 and I had my first like uh performance center match is when we did a at the performance center just for like our peers I think it was March March or April and I had only been in the ring at that point two or three months I didn't even know what the hell I was doing so I remember going through, I was against Becky Lynch and they wanted me to be like the baby face. And I was like, uh-uh, <laughs> no. I was like, Carmella is not a baby face. I am a bitch. <laughs> so, and I wanted to really play that up. So um, went out there, we had our little match and I just, the whole time I just would like punch her and then I like look at my nails and I'd be like, oh you know, just playing up this character. And I just had so much fun. And I, again, did not know what I was doing as far as like in the ring, but I made it work. And afterwards, I remember like Terry Taylor, um, Nick Dinsmore, they came up to me, they were like, I think Terry Taylor was like, remember when you make it kid, remember me. And I was like, what? Like, it just was, it made me feel like so, um, just so excited and really um, confident in my character. And I just knew, okay, well, this is what's going to take me to the dance is the character. Yes, I can make the in-ring stuff work and do what I have to do to get by, but I'm just going to really rely on the character. Since you mentioned him, was Terry Taylor someone who played a big part in your training? 
Yeah. I mean, at that point, you know, I would say Terry Taylor, Nick Dinsmore really helped a lot too. Um, Sarah Motto, of course, Norman, uh, Dusty. Dusty helped me a lot with my character in the beginning. Um, yeah. I mean, everyone at Norman smile. I don't know if I said him yet, but yeah, everyone down there was just, they all played their little part. They all have like their niche of what they added to, you know, to everyone, everyone's character at that point, everyone kind of had a little say and like, well, if you do it like this, or if you switch this up, um, you know, Terry Taylor was really good with, you know, the entering psychology and not just doing big moves all the time. It's like taking little, little moments and really dragging them out and making them all mean something. Now, for most of your time in NXT, you were associated with another act. But when you guys got split up, you know, everyone made this big deal about it. But did you personally enjoy the fact that you were getting the opportunity to be more of your own character at that time? So I didn't see it like that at the time. At the time, I was devastated. You know, we were all we were a trio and we were up on the road together. We we're doing road shows so that usually when that happened, that's how, you know, OK, this is the next act to go up. And they weren't going on the road without me. I was there with them on the road. So I was devastated. I'm not going to lie. I was like, well, then what what am I going to do? Because my character is so intertwined with them. You know, I was saying bada bing, hottest chick in the ring. Like that was what I was doing at the time. And I was worried I was going to have to just start over and change everything because it and I didn't want that because I just was so in love with my character and who I was. I knew everything that I had to offer and I just was worried. Um, but you know, Hunter had pulled me aside and he was like, you know, they're going up and you're not, you're going to stay in NXT. And I was like, trying so hard to hold back tears, you know? And I was just like, well, why, you know, I just, I don't. And he's like, you know, you have so much more potential on your own and we don't want to have you be like overshadowed by that, by going up on the main roster. And at the time I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to do what I have to do. And I did. And I kept, you know, and a few months later, I ended up going on the road anyway. So it was fine. Um, and I did it on my own. But and even like a couple years later, Hunter had said something to me after a match I had on SmackDown, maybe a pay-per-view. He was backstage. He's like, remember when I told you that we're going to keep you separate? He's like, this is why. And I was like, wow, like, that's cool. That even after all those years, he remembered that and to, for him to say that meant a lot to me. And, you know, it always works out the way it's supposed to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in fact, I find it interesting that, you know, not only did it work out the way it's supposed to, but you get drafted a few months later, you go to SmackDown, and now after all this time, you've become the only superstar to not shift brands since that draft. Isn't that crazy? I've, I bleed blue. I can't even imagine what it would be like to be on Raw because I've only ever been on SmackDown. And I, I just wouldn't have it any other way. I love being on SmackDown and I love that... You know, I've never been on the other show. It's just cool to know, like, I'm, I'm a SmackDown girl. That's it. I mean, would you be open to going to Raw one day? Like, do you wonder if there'd be a difference for you on a different show? For sure. Because, you know, there's always only so much you can do on one show. And I do, I, for a long time, I was like, no, I never want to go. I, I just want to stay on SmackDown forever. But I would love to be able to check being Raw Women's Champion off my list. You know, I'm former SmackDown Women's Champion. I'd love to be Raw Women's Champion. And I do like sometimes stepping out of my, or not sometimes, a lot of the time stepping out of my comfort zone because sometimes you get complacent or comfortable. And I think it's important to always push yourself, push yourself, challenge yourself. 
And also my boyfriend's on Raw. So like, I, I didn't want to mention that. I, I didn't want to mention that, but I was thinking like, well, they're going back on the road soon. Her boyfriend's on Raw. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I'm putting it out into the universe. Whatever happens, happens. And it's, it'll always work out the way it's supposed to. Is it hard to not be nervous when you're out there in front of all those people? You talked about when you were a kid and, you know, being shy and how you had to drop that. Like, how difficult is it to not be nervous when you go out there? Gosh, it's like something you can't explain. I feel like I always get so nervous right up until the point of like my music hitting. And I'm always like freaking out, like, okay, let me figure out what I gotta do. What, we need a backup plan or something goes wrong. What if this happens or whatever? Um, there's always worry, right? But then as soon as my music hits, it goes away. Like you, you don't think about it. It's like, you're just like, I become Carmela. My favorite thing, I think is seeing someone right before they go through the curtain, you know, you're backstage and you're just being you, like I'm being me out of character. And then all of a sudden that music hits and they're just like, something comes over them and they're just like turn into their character. And I just love that. And I feel like, you know, there's no worry, no nervousness, nothing. Once you become your character, cause this is who you are. And like the people, oh, I can't wait to get back on the road again and have like our fans, like they just, Ugh, it's so hard to be nervous because you're like, oh my gosh, like look at all these people here and they're just so excited and you just thrive off of their energy. That moment that you just talked about when, when you switch, when the, when, the, when the green light turns on, I love that you mentioned that because that moment is something that fascinates me. In fact, that's the moment, that moment right there is what got me into wrestling as a kid because my dad, like I said, worked in TV and I got to be backstage at a WWE show once when I was very little and I met Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna and they were so nice. Oh, cool. They were so nice. I was in Gorilla for some reason. And, well, where the doors are, they used to go out through. And I remember Bam Bam and Luna, these terrifyingly scary people, but they were so nice to me. And like, are you having a good time? Are you enjoying the show? Thank you so much for coming. And during our conversation, their music hit and they went, okay, have a good day. We got to go work. And I said, thank you. And, and I remember Bam Bam kicked the door in and Luna was like, and, I, and, I, and that was when it all, so cool. the light turned on for me. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like I, this is unlike anything else. And so I, I, I think it's fascinating that you brought that up because I'm fascinated in that moment when, when people turn like that. Uh, I think it's just cool That's to see. It's the best. Mm -hmm. It, yeah, it's like you're talking to your opponent, right? And you're, everyone's, okay, you know, this, whatever. And then, like, you know, then you go out there and you're like, you hate them, you know? And it's like it's not even something that you have to try to do. It's just like you just turn it on. And, God, I just love, I love that little moment right before. It's just so cool to see. So tickets are now on sale for SummerSlam. You talked about you're excited for fans coming back. It's going to be at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas on August 21st. Tickets are on sale now for the show. The card obviously isn't announced. Still got a ways to go before we get there. But if you could wrestle anyone on that show, who would it be? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, well, if Bianca's still champion at that point, I would love to face Bianca. Um, I haven't had a title match against her, so I would love that. Um, man, there's really no one that I like. I can like that sticks out because I would love to face anyone. I feel like um, even maybe someone over on Raw, like maybe Rhea Ripley. Ooh. That would be awesome. Ooh, what about Dr I've never wrestled her? What about so Dream Opponent? Kick her butt. What about Dream Opponent? Dream opponent. Oh, well, Trish. Okay. She's always been my dream opponent because she's Trish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which superstars are you closest to on the WWE roster besides Corey Graves? 
Oh, well, besides Corey, um, Bailey, one of my best friends since NXT, um, and that has not changed. It's just been so cool to go through this journey together. And we were never on the same show up until like last year, or I, I don't count 2020, so 2019. <laughs> you know, so it's nice to, you know, be back with her all the time. And Natalia, she's one of my best friends. We text literally all day, every day. Um, those are my two, my two girls. Uh, yeah, I, I like the relationship between you and Bailey. It seems like you guys have had a really close relationship going back to NXT, and I, I feel like you guys have had a lot of similarities of your journeys as well. So it's cool to see the parallels between the two of you. Yeah, it's funny because I think so many people, especially back in NXT, were like, you guys are so opposite. Like, you guys, I can't even believe you guys are friends, but um, we're so much more alike than people have any idea about. We're so just silly and goofy and just you know doing dumb stuff together all the time and i feel like we just make each other laugh <laughs> so i know you're excited about getting back on the road but you've had this whole year now to be home more when you are home what do you do for fun like what does what does carmela do to unwind well i love wine <laughs> so i like to drink wine hang out with my dog um pancake he is the most obnoxious cutest pain in my butt um <laughs> And we adopted two cats during quarantine. Oh. I never had cats before. I've always been a dog person. I'm not a cat person at all. Um, but now I guess I am a cat person because I adopted two during quarantine. And I'm obsessed with my cats. They're just the best. I'm honestly just a big homebody. I like to be home. I like to be on my couch, watch my shows. I love Bravo. Real, anything Real Housewives. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask. So, what, so the shows, that's Real Housewives, that's your number one? Oh, yeah. Real Housewives, I'm obsessed. <laughs> my girlfriend just started getting into it. It's like the show that she watches when I'm not watching TV with her. And so I've seen it adjacently yes. through her. She's on the Denise Richards season right now, and she's really excited about it. Oh, okay. Yeah, a lot of times Corey's on the couch, and he'll just be like on his phone, and he, he, but he, he hears the drama, and he's like, oh, what happened with so-and-so? Or It's just so funny. But that's like my own little private world. I just like love watching Real Housewives, drinking my wine with my pets. I mean, nothing makes me happier. <laughs> Do you ever watch 90 Day Fiance? No, I see Corey loves 90 Day Fiance. He loves so 90 good. Day Fiance. He loves my 600 pound life. He loves like all of that stuff. Hoarders. I'm like, I can't watch that. Any of those shows, they give me anxiety, major anxiety. <laughs> I like that you're the Bravo one of the house and he's the TLC one of the house. Like He, he loves TLC, <laughs> anything on TLC. He's always on hoarders. I'm like, I can't. And he'll be like eating a snack while watching hoarders. I'm like, how are you even eat while you watch this? It's grossing me out. <laughs> I had to stop watching hoarders for that same reason. I get grossed out watching hoarders too. And I definitely could not eat while watching hoarders. There's like no, frozen cats like, in people's refrigerators and stuff. Yes, it's so bad. I, I cannot. It's so funny that someone like him loves, loves hoarders. You should give 90 Day Fiance a chance. I didn't, un I, 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 my girlfriend had to make me watch an episode and I fell in love with it because it's it's so crazy that show. Those couples are all insane. Yeah, I just I just can't get into it. I don't know why. You know what I do like though is catfish. Corey really got me into catfish and that I'm like, okay, I get it. <laughs> Great show. Gr love catfish. So good. <laughs> uh, you know, what was your take? on the finish to your inaugural women's money in the bank win. A lot of people had different opinions about it. How did you personally feel when that all went down? 
Personally, I was super excited. You know, at that point in my career, I had never won a title. You know, I felt like this is something that will really uh, solidify me is making history, even though I know it wasn't I wasn't the one grabbing the briefcase. And I knew that that would be very controversial. But I felt like even better, even better that it's controversial. People will be talking about it. I think it was trending on Twitter for like a few days just because people are so upset. But to me, I just, I love, um, I love the drama. I love the controversy around it. And because of that, we ended up having, having it again, having another one a week later. And then of course I was able to grab it myself that time. <laughs> um, but to me, it just was like, felt so, um, it was just a time in my career I'll never forget because I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. Like I'm, this is big. This is going to be something really big. And I had just been waiting for a big opportunity like that. And I just wanted to really prove myself and really prove myself on the microphone. And, um, I don't know if I was necessarily going to win the second match. I knew the first one that they were doing it in the controversial way, but I don't think I was originally supposed to win it again. And I think because, um, you know, the, SmackDown after winning, I had a promo and I remember going out there and just like, this is my opportunity. Let me go out there and kill it. And I remember coming back to the curtain and Vince like was so complimentary to me about my promo that night. And he was like, you know, some of my top guys can't even cut a promo like that. And I remember thinking like, oh my God, this is crazy. Like I was just so excited. And then, you know, it ended up winning it again the following week. And I think it really just propelled um, my career. You know, I think that, you know, people underestimate how important promos are. You know, I think that, you know, you really in that time showed that you were a fully rounded character. I think that you showed that you had it with promos. I feel like you showed you had it in the ring. So I really liked this time in your career because obviously this was like your coming out moment. This was this was your yeah. big time. But, you know, yeah. after getting money in the bank, you had to wait longer than anybody else in the history of money in the bank to cash in. How antsy were you throughout that whole process? You know, it's so crazy to think back because, you know, in the beginning when I had the briefcase, it was great. I was on TV, I was doing things and I was being obnoxious and all that. And then there was a time where it kind of started to die down and I wasn't even on TV. And, you know, that happens in WWE. You're, you have ups and downs in your career, right? Sometimes you can't always be on top. You can't always be booked. Or sometimes you just have to wait it out. But I'm thinking, I have this contract and I haven't even been on TV in two months. Like, what am I doing? You know, like, did they forget about me? Did they forget I have this? And then um, it ended up coming closer to WrestleMania. And I just remember thinking, like, God, I have to do something with this soon. I really do. And, um, you know, it always just works out. And it just worked out so perfectly. And I wouldn't have changed a thing with how I mean I broke Edra's record people are like why are you so excited about holding the record for like the longest you know holding retaining the uh, contract for so long I'm like well because that's another history making moment you know no one's ever held it that long I should have included that so in I your intro really cool. I, I should have included that in your intro yes <laughs> <laughs> um what did you learn when you finally did become champion I'm interested in like what people learn when they finally get to the top of the mountain, you know, what was the biggest thing, the biggest lesson that you would say you learned once you did become champion? You know, there's more to being a champion than just having title matches on TV. You know, it's about being a locker room leader. It's about setting a good example and what a champion should be. And, you know, every single week, <clears throat> I really like um, had a lot of pride when we would have more than one, um, 
women involved with, if we had like a six woman tag team match, like I would go and talk to the girls after like, you know, thank you for doing this. And I'm, I'm so lucky we're doing this. Like I'm happy you were a part of it. And you know, there's more to being a champion than just what you see on TV. And it's about, you know, camaraderie and just kind of, you're, you're the girl, you're the leader, you're setting the tone for the locker room. And I, um, really was proud of doing that and being that girl for the while that I had the, the title. I also really enjoyed your time working with R-Truth. The two of you were, hila oh. were hilarious together. Uh, how hard is it to keep a straight face when you're working with R-Truth? So hard. <laughs> he would do things on purpose to try to make me laugh because we had spent so much time together. You know, I, I forget about that time because it feels like it was just a lifetime ago. But, you know, we were on the road together. We were doing, you know, commercials together. Every, you name it, we were together for everything. And um, we would travel together sometimes. And he just, he was, he's so funny. And he's such a genuinely nice human being that he's become like a friend. And, you know, we're, we're friends and beyond WWE. And I think that's just really cool. If I you know if I needed anything, I could call him up and vice versa. Um, but he's just so funny. I can't even, I can't even keep a straight face when I'm doing stuff with him. Luckily, I didn't have to worry about keeping a straight face. I was allowed to kind of be myself and react accordingly. But when we first got together, I was just coming off being champion. And I was like one of the most hated <laughs> women in all of WWE. Like I got booed out of the building at SummerSlam when I came out with the title. And then two weeks later, people like me. That's, that's the power our truth has. Being associated with him, I'm like, how does this even happen? Like two weeks ago, I'm getting booed out of the building and Two weeks later, now people are cheering me. Like it was insane, but that just a testament to our truth and how how loved he is. That's also the beauty of pro wrestling, in my opinion. I love pro wrestling like that. There's not a lot of times where there's a character on TV where, you know, you're like, God, that character's the you know, boo, and you're you're the villain on a show, and then a week later, you're like, Yeah, that person's the best. I love it. Yeah, it's so crazy. There's no other world like that, you know, and there was never a, a, a turning point. It was just kind of like, I remember even talking to Vince after I'm like, I don't know how you want me to act because now I'm with truth and people like him. He's like, don't change your thing. Just keep being you. And I'm like, okay. So, but some reason nothing's changed on my end, but now people like me. <laughs> do you like doing comedy stuff? Do you prefer getting able to do that? I love it. To me, I just feel like so many people take themselves way too seriously. And that's something I, I really learned from Truth as well. That he's not afraid to make a fool of himself. He's not afraid to play play up his role because that's obviously not who he is in real life. And I think it's um, it's important to show different sides. And I think, you know, I've been very fortunate in, enough to have that in my career to show like, okay, I can be a badass in the ring. I if that's what they want me to do or what I need to do. And, you know, I was a champion. Then I get to go do a comedy with R-Truth and I'm dressing up in wigs and running all over Helen Creation with this 24-7 title. And then, you know, eventually go back to, you know, being a badass. Like you can, you can, uh, it's important, I think, to show all different sides. Because if you're just one character your entire career, that's not exciting. That's not fun. That's not different. And I think it's important to have some range. Yeah, Miz is a great example of that, I feel like, of someone who's just always trying to change the way he's perceived, even if the core stays the same. He's always trying yep. to kind of like exactly. switch it up, you know? So I, I think that's smart. Yep. And it, on that topic, when you came back, you know, you took a little time away during the pandemic, you come back with this new kind of like spin on your character. How much creative input did you have on those videos and the new direction of your character? So... <clears throat> 
when I was sitting at home, there was no real rhyme or reason. It was just, we don't have anything for you right now, so just stay at home until we have a good story. I was like, cool. So then they said they want to give my character a fresh coat of paint, which at first I'm kind of like, well, I love my character. I don't want to change, you know? But then I thought, it, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to show show some growth and to show some change. You can't always be the same, like, to the point we're just trying to make. And um, so I'm sitting at home like, okay, well, if I'm going to have a new character, I want it to be something that I that resonates with me, something that I feel. Because I think a lot of times if someone's like, this is what you're going to do, and you're not feeling it, then it comes across that way. So I made vignettes at home and I, I hired people on my own and I created them and then I sent them to WWE and they're like, oh, this is great. We love this. This is what we're going to do. And we ended up going with it because I thought, you know, let's just keep the princess of satin but now let's make her for a lack of a better term let's make her the queen i know i'm not the queen charlotte's the queen don't get me wrong <laughs> but um you know she's just grown up a little bit so let's embrace that and um that's kind of what we did and i mean here's the thing the the videos that i made were a lot different than the vignettes that ended up being out there but things always end up getting changed and you know that's fine so you just kind of take it and do it with it what you will and make the most of it. And I just knew I wanted to come back and uh, make a statement. And luckily that was what I did. And I really had the, an idea for like a new entrance. I'm like, if I'm going to come back, it's, there's, it needs to be different. And I just loved my old entrance song. So I was like, how will this ever be the same? You know, it just, at first it felt weird, you know, not to come out and be like super excited and moonwalk and all that. So I'm like, I want to do something that is different. And that's where I came up with the idea for the entrance. Um, I actually like ripped it off an old Madonna video from like a concert. And um, that's kind of what we did. And I just, I'm loving it. You know, change is always um, hard, I think. And when you're so, I was doing the same character for six, seven years. So to, but to know like it's still part of me and it's still part of Carmela, but you just have to grow up a little bit sometimes. So wait, how far, like how long was it from when you turned in the vignettes that you made to when you actually debuted on TV with this new direction? Um, it's probably like two months. Okay. Two months, yeah. Because it took a while for them to actually like look at the video. Like I sent it to him and the, some of the people, the right people saw it, but like, oh, we can't get it until like Vince signs off on it. So finally I was like, I'm just going to send it to Vince. <laughs> I'm not waiting anymore. I, I want to get back to work. And he ended up really liking it. And then obviously, of course, you make tweaks and changes and... Um, but it just, it, it all just, it's just so funny. Like I, I wanted to have like a bodyguard type of thing. And that was what, cause I'm thinking kind of like Victoria Gotti vibes, you yep. know? And I have like a bodyguard with me and they're like, we'll get there, we'll get there. And then one day I show up and all of a sudden I have a sommelier. I'm like, what is happening? I didn't pitch for a sommelier, but let's do it. And then that's what happened with Reginald. We just thought it was a one-time thing. And then he ended up sticking around for a little bit and now he's, he's on Raw. So it's just kind of, um, it's funny. I feel like I always have like someone associated with my act like that's just something and then some people ask me like why do you feel like they always need to put a guy with you or something like that I'm like I'm not offended at all I think it's cool I think it's exciting to know that you know they trust me being with someone else and how I help elevate them they can help elevate me and it's mutual it's beneficial for everyone well also so, some people I enjoy it I think it's cool some people just play well off of others too like uh, there's so yeah. many famous comedy duos over the years where you know, 
you don't hear of just just Laurel doing stuff by himself. It'd be like Laurel and Hardy, you know, like some people right. like it's it's it, they, they can react more when they have a straight person to play off of or someone even wilder and being the straight man. So I think it's right. I, I, I actually like that you that you are so versatile as a performer that they can put you with almost anyone and you'll find some way to make it and entertaining find a way to make it work. I think that's Absolutely. I think I that think is it's very important. Yep, that's exactly what I was going to say and I feel like that's probably why Vince values values you so much as a performer because I feel like that's not something that everybody can do. No, I, I, I do. I think I take it as a challenge, you know, like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to have chemistry with this person? Like, how are we going to do like when our truth and I were first together? I'm like, this is so opposite. Like, this is just wild. How is this? Why would they even do this? And then it just clicked and we made it work. And same thing, like I was with Big E for a while and with the Mixed Match Challenge and we did that and we made that work. And, just, you know, I think it, I always look at it as a challenge to kind of show like, well, what other side can I bring out of my character? What this can this bring out of me? And what can I take from them that we can kind of just make it work? God, I forgot about when you and Big E were together. That was so funny too. That's when you guys had the big L, That was right? so fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we had, they made like little um, Money in the Bank lunch boxes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you know, we wanted Woods and Kofi. We did all of these crazy vignettes that we just filmed on our own. If anyone hasn't seen them, I'm telling you, you have to go back and go on YouTube and see these videos that we made because, oh my God, I had so much fun with those guys. All right, lastly here, I like to end each episode of the show asking my guests three questions about their finishing move. For you, that's the code of silence. So first tell me, who is your favorite person to put the code of silence on and why? That's a great question. Favorite person to put it on? Whether it's easy, you just enjoy Ooh. making them feel pain. I'm going to say Sasha. Is there any particular reason why? Uh, nope. I just, uh, I really enjoyed our matches. And um, she's just, she's so amazingly talented and incredible in the ring. And there's always like a cool transition, so... Uh, I would say Sasha. All right. Well, second, can you name one time that you did the Code of Silence that you wish you could take back for whatever reason? One time I did it that I wish I could. No. No. I always want to win. Okay, good. <laughs> I always like when that's someone's answer to that. <laughs> like, no, like I kind of felt bad. No, I don't feel bad about putting someone in my finisher. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, what's the most memorable Code of Silence you ever delivered? I think I did it to um, Nikki Bella in the very beginning of our feud, and she had tapped out, and that to me was like, cool. I just made Nikki Bella tap out. <laughs> so I'll say that. Because uh, I've never won, like, the t I didn't win the title with the, um, with the submission. So I'm lucky I have a few different finishers, but, yeah, I would say Nikki Bella. All right, I love it. Well, thank you so much for giving me the time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hope you enjoyed yourself. This was fun. Okay, cool. Good. Good. I like to hear that. Have a good day. <laughs> you too. All right, later. Well, that was Carmella. Fantastic conversation. I really enjoyed getting to chat with her about all of that stuff. Okay, make sure you subscribe to Out of Character 
on all podcast platforms. You got Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the big ones. Make sure you subscribe there. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and a rating. It helps us out a lot. Those of you who have done it so far, I appreciate it. Lots of kind stuff that you've been saying about the show. Also, make sure you follow our YouTube page. This is the WWE on Fox YouTube page. You can find the video of this show there and all sorts of other WWE content. And also follow our social media pages at WWE on Fox all across the board. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Officially tapping out for now. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin, and this is Out of Character.